Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of the Marketing Matters podcast from BSA Marketing. I'm sat here at Gloss of Gasworks with David Wright, my fellow podcast presenter. In the rain. In the rain, yes, it is. See, I was saying to, to Janet uh, last week that it feels like we're in April at the moment rather than May. But hopefully it will... I'm hoping it's getting all the rain out of the way now, so in June it'll be nice weather. Um, but time will tell. Anyway, on to the subject of today. And this season, we're looking at planning through the planning or management of your, your marketing processes using the, the PIMS method that we put together. And last week, we talked about the P, the planning. This week, we're talking about the I, the implementation. So I think the, probably the, the subheading of this episode should be marketing is for process, not an event. Do you think that's a, a, a good subheading? Yeah, and I think there is a, a critical business divide between the P and the I of our PIMS process because so often people get fixated on planning and, dare I say it, never quite get around to implementation. And yet the best plan in the world is a waste of time if you don't do anything with it. And yet, I'll turn that round. There is, perhaps I shouldn't say this, but there is an argument that if you actually do something, even if you haven't decided what to do, that's better than doing nothing. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, a plan is, is, as you say, no good unless it it actually gets implemented. And the other thing I think you have to, it's very easy to sit there thinking that your plan has got to be perfect and you've got to fine tune it and tweak it until it doesn't stand a chance of failing and then you can start to implement it. And that's a big mistake. Yeah, I think, but that's at the heart of it. It's not about trying to make your plan perfect. It's about fear of failure. Yeah. And the fact is marketing and business, if you like, is an imprecise science and imprecise activity some things fail and some things succeed and the key is to make sure that enough succeeds or things succeed uh, and enough of the time to make up for the things that don't succeed and successful businesses are those who can achieve that it's not the businesses who do everything perfectly all the time because nobody does and and what you end up doing is never starting because you're desperate to try and be perfect yeah and i think maybe maybe we should take a bit of the american attitude to business because here i think the idea of a, a business or a plan or whatever failing is seen as a really negative thing whereas i think over in the states it's just seen as part of the process and you know if it fails you learn from it you move on and and try something different and i think with planning it's the same it's not about success or failure it's about as you say, trying it, seeing what impact it has, what works, what doesn't work, and then learning from that and iterating it and, and just sort of starting the process again. Yeah, and, and whatever happens, as, as you say, you, you learn stuff. And I think what is important is that if you go into something completely blind, the danger is that you run out of capability to do yeah. any more. I, I hesitate to say run out of money because it's not always about money, but you've got to have resources to put into whatever you're doing, whether that's your own energy or money or whatever. But I think part of the planning process is to accept that there is a a resource cost of doing something and make sure that you've allowed for that and that there's some resource you can put into it. I mean, I, I, I say to some people, if nothing else, when you're talking about marketing planning, as a starting point... Think of a a level of resource, whether that's a budget or an amount of time you're prepared to put into it, that you're prepared to waste. Yeah. 
Yeah, Obviously, I, try, sorry, just try not to waste it. But yeah. if you can say, well, I'm going to put so much, so many hours into it or £100 or £500 or £50,000 or whatever, and if I lose it, life will go on, mm. that gives you a really good basis to achieve something and actually not lose it and, on the contrary, make a real success of something rather than just spending your whole time being frightened of losing something. Yeah, and, and I think you have to, you make a very good point there about the fact that once you start to Im- implement a plan, you need resources. You're going to have to, and, and those res- resources are going to be probably the time or money or probably a combination of the both. But you have to be willing to commit those resources without the necessary guarantee of success. Completely. But I think one of the problems that uh, or one of the, the challenges that come up is a lot of marketing is sold. I've, I've used the idea in the before of the idea of marketing being sold as a magic wand or snake oil or whatever. And what that can tend to do is to push business owners to a position where they actually overstretch themselves in the first instance and think, oh, yeah, that's more resource going into marketing than I really want at this point but it sounds like a good idea and if it succeeds in the way I'm being told it's going to that it'll all be worth it and the danger is that if it doesn't succeed in the way you've been told it's going to and aside my experiences although things well planned normally do succeed they rarely succeed in the way that you expect them to that you find yourself in a position where you're not ready willing and able to as, as you say, Duncan, put that behind you and, and move on with something else, having having learned what you've learned. Yeah, and I think we talk about marketing being a process. It's got to be a sustainable process. Com- um, completely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something you, you mentioned there brought me, there were two things, I mean, because we're talking about putting the plan into action. And there's a, a phrase that I think it might be, I can't know, it's some military strategist who put this forward, but it, their idea that no plan survives first contact with the enemy. And I think that is so true, whether you're, t- you know, whatever you're talking about you put all these plans together the moment you start to implement it, whether it's launching a website or a an advertising campaign something will come out of left field that you hadn't anticipated that will have an impact on on your plan and how you implement it and I think it's really it's best to accept that and just sort of you put stuff out there and see what comes out and I have another phrase that I like when it comes to implementing plans which is about do stuff and iterate rather than sort of planning to the nth degree so you're sure you're not going to fail just get out and do stuff and see what happens learn from it and then iterate that process and hopefully your the way you implement stuff and the effect you have will get better yeah and i i remember when i was a very young and i was sent out on i, I was never comfortable with door-to-door selling but i was <laughs> sent out selling stationery of all things and i just had to go and i would start at the top of an office building and go and knock on doors and it was horrible, Yeah. If, I, if I'm brutally honest. I really didn't feel comfortable doing it, but I did it. And lo and behold, you find people who want to buy stationery from you. And it must be, I don't know, 30-odd years ago now, but I can still remember it, and I can still picture it. Mm. And it is the fact, if you're knocking on doors, you run the risk that somebody might actually be interested in what you're talking about. Yeah. Whereas if you just spend all your time trying to decide which door to knock on, 
you're never going to know. Okay, so let, let's let's sort of explore that the idea of knocking on doors a bit more because in today's world there are a lot more opportunities other than for actually. I mean, ultimately, it's all about the fact if ultimately you want to run the risk of creating a customer, you have to go out and communicate with the marketplace, and you know that traditionally that was knocking on doors. Today, I think obviously there are a lot more options for communicating with your customers than just knocking on doors, and I think part of the process of implementation is about understanding the channels that you have available to communicate with your marketplace and to get your message out there and understanding those channels and understanding which ones are actually adding value to your process. Yeah, and I, and I think that it's, it's oft said that marketing back in the day was more the preserve of the big corporates or formal marketing was because the process of communicating with people was pretty resource hungry Mm. either it was expensive or it took a lot of your time and I think with the rise and rise of the internet clearly the process of communication has become easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper which is as we're hearing in the news at the moment presenting its own issues with the rise of global internet scams and all that Mm. sort of thing where it's just it's wrong and it's illegal and all of that and it's immoral but it's just people pitching a proposition to an unsuspecting audience and you know people out there still recognize that when prince whoever of wherever says that they've got 50 million dollars they're trying to get out the country people still believe it which mm. is remarkable but it, true but but moving i mean obviously what we want to talk about here is the more uh, professional and sensible uh, forms of marketing and the fact is that there are a lot of channels out there that you can use and i think one of the mistakes is you you people will think that there is a particular either they've got to use all of them you know, particularly with social media, I think it was a case of, well, I've got to be on social media. So if I'm going to be on social media, I've got to be on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. And I've, I've got to have a presence on absolutely everything. And I think that is, that's, from my view, that's a mistake because actually social media platforms are are all different and the fact is that when you're marketing as we talked a bit in the last podcast about you need to identify who it is you're trying to market to so it's about finding which platform which social media platforms your customers are potential customers are hanging out on so you know if you're trying to market to corporate execs or execs in the corporate world maybe tiktok or Snapchat is not the necessarily the right way to go. Where most of the people there is Snapchat you, still around? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be, but I mean a lot of these things. But the point is that different social media platforms have different profiles of the types of people who use them. So it's about fitting what you're trying to get your, the message and your marketing strategy to the right social media platform. And, and the other part of the equation is, as I said a few minutes ago, it's thinking about resources. Mm. That the more different channels or uh, communication tools you're using the more resource it's going to take to cover all of those and it can be better to go for sort of less is more and Mm. to pick fewer channels and perhaps be more selective on the ones that you might think are going to be more impactful and focus on doing a good job on a fewer channels rather than trying to spread yourself too thin across many just because you're going to get your name out or your message out to more people I think that being 
thoughtful and selective in your targeting is very powerful and don't be frightened certainly in the short term don't be frightened that you're going to miss a few people yeah no i think that's right and the the other thing i think when you're looking at which ones to use is to look at using them appropriately i mean because our i'm still a big fan of blog posts and email and it's not because they're the only um, tools out there. It's because they can form a really good bedrock of what you're trying to do. Blog posts, if you make a commitment, because ultimately all of these platforms you use to implement your marketing plan, you need they, they all come back down to content. They all need content. And actually having a, a, the discipline of saying, right, I've got a blog and I'm going to put content onto that blog every day or week, month or year, whatever it may be. It gives you that sort of discipline to think about creating content content and once you've created that content and got it onto your website you can then say okay I now want to get that message out there and I can look how I need to adapt it to fit on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or whatever if you're choosing to use if you're choosing to use those those platforms and the reason that I like email is because emails tend to be quite structured and time specific unlike social media yes you have to post on social but it's posting on social media is a, is a constant thing emails to do it well they are quite sort of sporadic you will send out an email once a week or once a month so that gives you a, a sort of a some deadlines and some rhythm to your content strategy and the way that we do it is we have we know we send out an email every two weeks so every two weeks, we need, know that we need to create some content to populate that email, which is in the form of this podcast and blog posts and whatever. So we know that we have a marketing rhythm that is generating content every two weeks that we can then use that content to inspire and inform all the more day-to-day stuff like uh, LinkedIn posts or Twitter posts or whatever it is. But having that structure of, of the blog post and the email going out every two weeks keeps it going and I don't if we hadn't had that I don't think it would still be going and I think I think there's another thing as well and that is that although undoubtedly writing content writing blog posts can be hard work sometimes mm. I think the process of planning what you're going to write over a period of time like we've talked about here that we're going through the PIMS process over a number of weeks gives you a framework in which to start thinking about what it is you want to say which in the first instance, makes it easier. And secondly, the process of writing stuff or or speaking through stuff makes you think about your business, makes Mm. you think about your proposition. And and I have had, personally, a lot of insights about what we do through making time to sit down and and formalise some writing or or whatever it might be. Um, And that, in turn, allows me to inform better when it comes to discussions with whether it's with clients or colleagues or whatever and so it it becomes a very joined up process Mm. and I think that it it becomes very powerful and I find it really interesting after many years of writing blog posts and doing podcasts and email marketing and all of that I'm still coming up with new thoughts, new ideas, new ways of looking at things, yeah. which which keep the whole thing fresh. Yeah, and I I think your point you made there about making you think about what you're you're doing and the the services you're offering is very valid because I think it's important to every time you write a blog post, it's about thinking what am I trying to communicate with this? What what element of my brand, my business message, am I trying to communicate with this blog post? And at the end, or this whatever message it may be that you're getting out there, and when you've written it, sit back and say, okay. Does that actually communicate that? And if not, maybe you need to tweak it. But be very methodical and very uh, intentioned 
uh, with the, the content that you're writing. And I think once you've got that content, as long as you know which platforms you're going to use and which, which platforms actually communicate with the relevant market, then actually the two, it should flow relatively easily and you shouldn't have to think about it too much. In That's probably the wrong word, but you know, hopefully you know what I mean. And I think the other thing is that don't feel that you've got to try and say everything all the no. time because uh, it is, as you said, Duncan, it is a process. And so... Not an event. <laughs> uh, that it's not, I think... When people think about sales and you, you do come across this and you, you, you may well have experienced it if you get people ringing you up about stuff, that they feel they've, they've got that one opportunity to try and say everything they can possibly say in the hope that one of those things is going to be a hook that will, will attract you yeah. and or engage you. And that that is not good marketing. Good marketing is to keep each piece of communication has a, has a clear message and yeah, it might not be everything you've got to say, and it probably shouldn't be everything mm. you've got to say. But over time, you can talk about different things and relate different things. So you build a picture for people. Yeah, and I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that is the core of the, the implementation process. And I think we've talked a lot here about the idea that once you've done your planning, you need to get out there and do stuff. And we talked about the idea of doing stuff and iterating and learning from what you're doing. And I think this brings us very, very nicely onto our next thing we're going to be talking about, which is the M in PIMS, which is monitoring. Because once you start to do stuff and, and implement your plan, you need to have a process process in which by which you can monitor what you're doing decide what's working decide what isn't working and so when you iterate your plan and you you sort of take it through that process again hopefully the next iteration will be better so I think that's that's about all we're going to say for for this week but and hopefully that's given you some things to think about from the implementation perspective and next time we will start to look about this monitoring and how do you monitor your activity to make sure you're getting the most out of it and you're not just ultimately becoming that most dangerous of things that a busy fool so uh, I think we'll leave it there for today unless you've got anything else you want to add you probably have you usually do no no I think just oh no I will add one thing of course <laughs> there's a surprise I think yeah keep it simple but also don't as I said it earlier don't overstretch yourself because yeah. whatever else I almost think you should try and make your marketing it needs to be effective, but it needs to be easy as well. Because if it's easy, if you think it's easy, then you're more likely to keep doing and it. And scary, but thought. But it needs to be. It can be fun as well. Do stuff. Yeah. You know, marketing can be fun. Marketing, marketing should be fun and creative and imaginative. So anyway, we'll we'll leave it there. And uh, next time we'll start. We will talk about the M monitoring. But in the meantime, if you want to learn anything more about this, you will find previous podcasts on podcast.bsamarketing.com you'll find our blog posts on our website at bsamarketing.com and you will find us on social media particularly linkedin and twitter at bsa marketing so until next time we shall say goodbye and happy marketing goodbye and thanks for all the comments